0: those of you who haven't been before the Boulder series comes from the book of written by simon holly called sustainable power i have got one copy left here if anybody'd like to borrow it you're very welcome just jot your name down on this little card there are more coming back so if you come back from week after week don't be put off by the talk today come back um, there should be more for you to borrow let's just wrap this up are the identifiable causes of a blockage of the flow of the Holy Spirit through us. The Holy Spirit is given freely to those who follow Jesus and are his image bearers and his power and his authority on earth. And we've heard a little bit about that already. So we collectively known as the church have all we need to operate in this power and authority of the kingdom of heaven. But without the transforming of our minds, without the willingness to be transformed, then this power is limited and unsustainable. So the boulders that we've been looking at are self-reliance, fear, judgment, control, unbelief, and today, disappointment and offence. When I... (laughs) Ironic, right? when I was reading this book and looking at this, I was looking at me and I was saying, Yeah, I relate to a few of those, perhaps not the others. I'll deal with a few of these, leave the others to one side. But I've been so badly challenged, so greatly challenged. And I think today, disappointment and offense is probably the greatest challenge of them all. People ask me, How did it go after the first service? And I say, Ta, oh, really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> So I know what disappointment feels like. Crumbs. I'm a football lover. I love football. I stand here so disappointed that England didn't get through to the end. That really isn't so important. I said in the first service I'm disappointed when I stand on the scales and I haven't lost any weight, but I've made no contribution towards that. I have no... <laughs> I eat what I like, I drink what I like. I don't go to the gym, I don't go out running. You've got no sorry, not, sto- not sorry stories from me. No, you won't get one of those lovely little maps that says, today I did 10K. No, and yet I step onto the scales and I'm still disappointed. So, that's my disappointment. Disappointment looks different for everybody. Everybody's got their own stories. Disappointment looks different for everybody. But what are your expectations, I'm asking you? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? In whom and in what do you put your trust? The definition of disappointment is the sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. In February 2002... Our family found ourselves faced with the death of what turned out to be the first in a series of four very, very close family members, and they died in very quick succession. We didn't know it then. It included my mum. But God for me, whom I've put my trust in all my life, was silent. The one in whom I put my trust was silent. Now, it's not disappointment that's so important, but it's our reaction to disappointment that really matters. It's what we learn from it and how we respond, and most importantly, it's how we go forward. So last week, Chris shared his absolutely gut-wrenching disappointment in our attitude of ingratitude. His passion speaking through his disappointment greatly impacted me this week and in fact when we were here there were about 50 of us here on Wednesday evening and we celebrated the one England goal oh my goodness I thought then as we were cheering Chris is right we don't cheer God like that we really don't cheer God like that Chris reminded us that we can shed our Britishness or our reserve at moments of celebration, and yet we're not British. None of us are. It doesn't matter what country you come from, what country you originate from, if you have Jesus in your heart and you follow him and you've made that commitment, you come from the kingdom of God. That's where your culture comes from. And in the kingdom of God in heaven, it's celebration all the time. Crumbs, Alan, it's 1966 all over again. Yeah. Hey, we remember it. <laughs> so there's a tiny little taster of what the kingdom of heaven looks like. And it comes from the book of Revelation, the very last book in the Bible. It's quite a well-known passage Sadly, I always think it's said at funerals, I would love this to be said more through our lifetime than at the end. The book of Revelation, chapter 21, behold, this is God speaking, Jesus speaking, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Yeah, that's what we cry out for, for Ashford. So let's have a look at some of the areas where disappointment commonly occurs, how we can react positively, and just a tiny little bit of a warning the results if we don't deal with it. Disappointments in others. Please don't set people up to fail. I've had to deal with that. I dealt with this this morning there's a world of difference between being the best that we can possibly be and being put on a pedestal. I have to say, Harry Kane, I have faith in you. You're going to be fine. But I set him up. If you don't, those of you who don't know who Harry Kane is, I apologise, it's football again. So he was doing really well. And I think probably he was responsible for getting us through so far. This is the England team again, if you're glazing over. And The entire social media, the entire England supporters bigged him up to be the man that was going to take us through to the final and win it. And in the last three matches, he has actually not shown that, and I have repented of putting him on a pedestal, definitely, but you know, we do it so much adult children, family, friends, neighbours, celebrities, politicians, we do this all the time. Their behaviours, their attitudes, their actions, their decisions will disappoint you if you set them up to fail. Encourage them to succeed. Encourage them to reach their full potential so they know how valued and loved they are and let's not celebrate failure. Teach, model, raise children with values that bring life, not worldly score points. Be an influence, show love, get involved, volunteer. I haven't asked Mary-Jane's permission to say this, but she spoke to me in the week, and she said that her heart for seeing adults and their struggles and the results of poor choices has made her and her husband, Dave, Head up what we have in Ashford and are in other places called Excel Mentoring, where people, volunteers, speak into the lives of the youth and catch it early on. Catch it early on. Disappointment in others can breed control and judgmentalism. Now, who'd have thought it Disappointment in others can breed control and judgmentalism. Those of you who are following the boulders series, that's a boulder breeding a boulder. That's a very scary thought. If we are disappointed in someone, it colours our relationships, sometimes forever. It destroys trust. It hardens the heart. It grows hurt. Disappointment in situations. Outcomes, results, social situations, politics into those situations, whatever they may be. Be active, raise awareness, use your vote, sign a petition, start a group, start a petition, become a politician, be a reformer, have a goal to make change and follow it. You can even be the president of the United States because there is a man who believed in himself, went for something and got it. And that's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Disappointment in situations can breed arguments and can fracture relationships. Choose our battles wisely. Disappointment in yourself damages self-worth and hope and prevents us from taking risks. Now, we're not the only ones to experience this, Certainly this one I can relate with very much indeed. But in the Bible, the Apostle Peter, he denied his Christ three times before the crucifixion. Can you imagine? This is more than sad. Can you imagine the pain he felt and the disappointment he felt in himself? Even Judas, who we sometimes just sweep under the carpet, he betrayed his Christ and he couldn't live with that anymore. For us... At Ashford Vineyards, we have a one-to-one, regular one-to-one system for staff and key volunteers where we meet with someone who's going to speak life into us. I encourage you to do that. Find someone you can trust. Find a mentor. Have a Sozo uh, session. So in the back, we've got Paul and Ruth. If you want to know what Sozo is, find them afterwards. Join a circle. Join a circle. Seek counselling. Because disappointment in ourselves can breed loneliness and insecurity and underachievement. God is not disappointed in us. And he continually desires us to be the best we can be. I love Psalm 139. It's right in the middle of the Bible. And some of you may be familiar with it. But in Psalm 139, the psalmist says this. To God... every one of them, the days that were formed for me when as yet there were none of them. That's the God who made us. Disappointment in the church. I just want to say that be in the right church. Know the vision for that church and know the values that underpin it. Because disappointment in the church breeds disunity, bitterness, and ultimately isolation and disappointment in God. This is so, so painful. When the God in whom you've put your trust seemingly fails to answer your prayers, be honest about it. Again, find someone who can tease this out of you. Ask about Sozo. join a circle. Oh, a bit of repetition here. Join a circle, pray, read your Bible, keep on, keeping on, keeping on, coming on Sundays. Because di- disappointment in God breeds Distance. Who do you think was the greatest disappointment the world has ever known? This is your chance. Jesus! This, I don't know if that comes a shock to you. It's Jesus. And this disappointment is still lasting today. It wasn't just the disappointment of the ancient world, but in some areas it still lasts today. In our circle, we have read practically all of the Old Testament. And as well as gaining a better understanding of the history, geography, and culture of what we broadly term the Middle East, we know that the Jews were expecting a king. God had promised throughout the centuries that no matter what, he would not cut off the line of Judah, the line of King David. In the book of the prophet Isaiah, written about 700 years before Jesus was born, when the 12 tribes of Israel, who were destined for peace and prosperity, had been split by the wars, by internal fighting, and by terrible practices so far removed from God's provision and purposes. God says this: A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. Jesse was King David's father. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Well, to cut a long story short, despite all that had gone before, a king of the dynasty of David will come and rule, and the kingdom of Israel will be restored in all its glory. Now, there are many prophecies that indicate uh, the birth of Christ, but the hope and expectations were for a king. And the king in those days was far more powerful, far more splendid, far more majestical than we have ever experienced in our lifetime. And these hopes seemed to be cruelly dashed. And the result was Jesus was despised. He was tortured He was put to death, the king of the Jews, on his cross, with the robes and the cruel crown. Now, coupled with a disappointment is offense. Now, offense is the annoyance or resentment brought about by a perceived insult to or disregard for oneself. And I tried to determine what the difference was between disappointment and offense, and I came to the conclusion, it's a very short one, is that offence is when disappointment becomes personal. (laughs) Disappointment and offence together is a very dangerous combination, and it very much raises the bar. And disappointment and offence at the church and at God can lead to separation, isolation, and sometimes lifelong discontentment. It's when you've prayed for someone full of faith and your loved one has died. not been healed. We've recently lost a very dear member of the Asher Vineyard family to this, and we miss him very much. Obviously, I'm not going to name him, but we just pray that this disappointment and offence in God will just be moved from him, and he will come back. So it's when you faced hardship, It's sickness, bereavement, a whole host of other circumstances that we are guaranteed to go through on this earth. And either an individual or, more often, a leader has let you down. And I want to say here that I am truly, truly sorry if the church has offended any of you. It is never, ever good enough to say Well, the church is made up of humans. Humans make mistakes and are only human. No. If the church, Christ's bride, his corporate representative on earth, has let you down, has caused you hurt, has caused you disappointment and offence, then we need to say with open hearts and hearts full of grace, we are sorry. So when thinking about this talk I asked Izzy Britton and Izzy I think is 10 years old and I asked her as she was eating her supper what disappointment looked like and she said this immediately. It's when you pray and God hasn't answered it. She took just one more mouthful and then she quickly follows it up with this. God always answers prayer in some way. He opens doors but we have the responsibility to take the step through the doors. Well done, Izzy Britain. So as I mentioned earlier, I experienced what I call the silence of God, and I became determined to find out what it meant. For I firmly believe God talks to us all the time, through many different ways, in many different situations, but all the time. So I discovered, actually, that it has some grounding in Scripture. Indeed, the people of Israel had about 400 years of it. I had about six months of it. We call the time of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament about 400 years where God didn't send his prophets to speak to the people. But I also discovered that this silence was God communicating with me in a new way, and I needed to understand the fundamental truth of his goodness and love for us, no matter how it seemed. And in part, it's not the full story, but in part, this is illustrated in Jesus's cry from the cross, when Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So I wrote a poem, I don't do poetry, I don't write things like that, but I wrote a poem. This is 16 years, that, and now I'm revisiting this. I wrote a poem, and I've got some copies here. If, if, you want, if, you, if you really can relate to what I'm saying and you want a copy of the poem, well, come and help yourself. But it was my heart pouring out of the love and the goodness of God at a time when I needed him most. And this is what the psalmists do all the time. If you've read the psalms, you will find in there the poetry of the psalms of people speaking out in desperation saying, but still God, still God, you are good. I don't think we can know the mind of God this side of heaven. When I get there, I'm going to have a lot of questions. But we can know his character. In the same way that my speech, my actions, my stories provide evidence of my character, as do yours, so Jesus displays the character of God. The book of Hebrews in the New Testament speaks of, or the writer of Hebrews speaks of Jesus like this. He says that he is, Jesus is, the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. So almost at the very end of the Old Testament, in the book of the prophet Habakkuk, who lived in Judah and probably witnessed one of the most awful wars, perhaps of all time, when the city of Jerusalem was completely razed to the ground by the Babylonians, a terribly cruel empire. And I think Habakkuk witnessed this, as far as we know he did. He was certainly in the area at the time. Habakkuk says this, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stores, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. That attitude in whatever your circumstances ensures that you know that God is good. So if you have disappointment and offense with God or any other attitude or circumstance or influence or hurt or pain or unforgiveness or fear or addiction or boulder, whatever you call it, illness, and you want rid of it, and you genuinely offer yourselves to God with a genuine desire for transformation, then we would love to pray for you. So we're going to leave time at the end of this service to do that now. But I just want you to think that if we can be free of all these things that prevent the free flowing of the Holy Spirit through us, what would Ashford look like? What would it look like? So I said earlier on that at least three people I knew had come, I haven't identified you, have come into this building and they have brought the Holy Spirit with them as image bearers of Christ. I want to encourage you all, if you have said your yes to Jesus, you carry him with you. Whether you know it or not, let us pray for you to realize that. And the prayer I'm going to pray right now is a prayer that comes again from the book of Psalms. Funny how I'm going back to poetry all the time. In Psalm 51, and I'm going to pray this prayer for me. And if you want to join me, that's absolutely lovely. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Self-reliance, fear, judgment, control, unbelief, disappointment, and offense stops here now. 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 I'm going to invite the band up to pray. I would love you to come forward if you will. And if if these words mean anything to you, I'd love to pray with you. I'm going to invite circle leaders and other leaders to come forward and pray with you as well. Let's just take time and give that series, all we have learned, all we are to God right now. There is Holy Communion here on either side. Holy Communion is is a a method that Jesus said of remembering him. If you wish to take holy communion, come up, help yourselves. Remember Jesus. That's what his command was, just to remember me as you break bread and drink wine. If you have to collect your children, you've got a full five minutes. And I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit now to work here and give God space.